Hello and welcome into a new episode of Scarves Up. I'm your host, Nathaniel Mamoudis. And in a second, we're gonna, I'm going to bring in Dave Mamoudis here uh, for the new episode. 23 days since our last episode. We're going to get to everything that has happened in between uh, then. Let's get to that now. So good to see you again, David Maymoudis. Uh It's been 23 days since our last episode. Um, four games, three wins, one loss. Uh, let's get right into the game against uh, LAFC a while ago at, at this stage. Um, but Sounders won the game 3-0 in the end. Two penalties uh, and then a goal by... Raul Roy Diaz, let's talk about each penalty first. Um, yeah, so that first one, I mean, I, I seem to remember the penalties seemed a little close, um, you know, sort of not as ridiculous as certain other penalties we'll discuss later, um, but, you know, ones that if they'd gone the other way, you wouldn't have been too happy about them, um, but, you know, sort of not against the run of play, cases where it seemed like the Sounders were doing well. Um, but maybe a little lucky to uh, get the penalty call. Well, so the the first one, just to remind our listeners, uh, was a handball call that uh, we was flagged by the VAR. Um, who? Uh, oh, and that's right. That was the uh, one that came up. You know, they they stopped play about yeah, five stopped, minutes later. Uh, I think it was like two minutes, but still felt. It it uh, the ref was waiting for the ball to go out. I was waiting for it to go out, um, and it's the it's the correct call. It, it hits um, the LAFC player in uh, an unnatural position. Um, um, sort of funny uh, and coincident coincidentally, uh, the VAR for that game was Tim Ford. Uh, where you get into him and. Uh, a little later in this episode, um, uh, but here, uh, good flag by the VAR um, to award the to tell the ref to go take a look because um, this is a penalty. Uh, and then the other the, one, right? The other one, I remember that one. Yamar just got run over from behind by Latif Blessing. And and again, like Latif Blessing, I don't know why he was arguing this. Um, you see the replay. He has his elbow, uh, or or his hand in the back of Yamar, um, not going for the ball at all. Um, right, so and obviously there's no there's often a lot of pushing and there's often a lot of pushing and shoving in the box in the, in the box on a PK, on a on a corner kick. I guess the difference there was Yamar just happened to be standing more clearly alone, so it was just more obvious that this particular collision happened uh, and, and took Yamar out from under the ball. Both penalties were converted by uh, Ladero, um, even though second one, goalkeeper did get a hand to it. Um, but LAFC, it's just um, another example of they have not looked at um, good at all since the MLS is back tournament. Um, and, I mean, they haven't had Carlos... Uh, Vea for for a lot of the games. They only had him for he got injured in the first game um, post that tournament. But still, um, their defense is just so garbage. Um, 
not playing well. Um, uh, they have picked up some some wins, but uh, like uh, losing to they lost lost to San Jose, who's been absolutely garbage recently. Um, thoughts on on LAFC right now? I mean, we hate them, so it's it's so it's not like you really feel bad for them. But what what are your thoughts on what's going on with them right now? You know, it'll just be interesting to see when they stop being number one in the power rankings. Um, you know, how many times do they have to lose three nothing before? Well, right um, now they're not even in the top ten. Um, it's the first time that MOS is like treating them um, like other teams. I, I believe they're like fifteen right now. Okay, um, that's good. But I still have a feeling that next time they play the Galaxy, people will be saying the most hotly anticipated yeah, game of the year. Yeah, they will continue doing that even when, um, especially that El Trafico's recently have not been good soccer games since both teams are not playing well. Um, as we move into the third goal, which was a great goal by Raul Roy Diaz, want to bring up. Uh, I, uh, this might be the first time it's happened, but you did predict this game was going to be 3-0. Um, the goal scores were, were off a little bit. Um, you said uh, Jao Paulo, um, uh, Raul Rodriguez, and Morris. Uh, uh, so you got, you got one of those. I predicted um, the pressure, but not the penalties. Um, yeah. But what, but yes, what are your you thoughts know, on that goal? Um, you know, Rui Diaz, you know, does what he does. Uh, he finds a little bit of space in the box and, you know, hits it really hard into the net. Um, you know, some of his, some of his goals in this last game we'll talk about later, uh, seemed like something many other people could have scored on. You know, that one was something that, you know, was the kind of thing he and very few other people could have done. But, you know, against uh, Chivas 2, who I guess is how we should start referring to LA, LAFC. Yes, um, nice. Love that. Good throwback. Uh, yeah, so good finish. Good control um, with his weak foot um, to put it near post and hit it so well. Um, it's a, It was a great finish. Uh, so moving on to the game, to the next game, which was midweek in Portland. Um, uh, of course, uh, before, before we move back, lucky, happy to see that neither of these games did get, um, uh, postponed, um, because of tests or wildfires. Of course it was, look at the air quality was very bad before that LAFC game. Um, uh, and it seems like the Sounders were doing a good job taking precautions. They had some practices indoors. Um, but. Nevertheless, both of these went uh, on as scheduled. Right. Overall, MLS has dealt pretty well with um, the pandemic, even when when leaving the bubble. Uh, Only Colorado and um, Nashville are are the teams that have been struggling with tests. And Dallas. Dallas has had a couple of tests. It's really just those teams. It's like, why is it? It's it's funny. Um, of course, Nashville. It's it, it, not just, not just in 
MLS, but you got the Titans also struggling with um, uh, right with, and with tests. But in general, yeah, some say it's doing a better MLS job than doing others. Doing a better job. Um, but obviously, also, you know, if you look at the interpreting the standings this year, um, you know, the fact that the Sounders have have they actually only played Western Conference teams? You know, obviously, this will be a very yeah. unbalanced year in so many ways. It'll be very difficult to look at global statistics. Um, you know, obviously, the Sounders doing great in leading in the West, but um, you know, the the age old question of how much does the regular season matter versus the playoffs will be especially strong this time with the, with the very unbalanced schedule. And yeah. And how, and now that we know the actual schedule for this year, we will end the season only have played against uh, only having played three games against Eastern conference teams. And that's that being our first two games against Columbus and Chicago and then um, the one game against Chicago um, in the bubble. Um, those are the three Eastern Conference games. The rest are all Western Conference. So let's move into the game against Portland. Not much to say here um, as Sounders had chances, but Portland won the game 1-0, and then they just did um, what we basically what Vancouver did in the what Vancouver did in the first half of the game. Uh, of game we're going to get into uh, after and, and after we review two other matches, um, they they come out, they park the bus, um, get us frustrated, and that's all Portland did. Um, got numbers behind the ball, scored a right, really, and, really boring goal. Um, and the Sounders, you know, have a lot of attacks, but don't don't quite put one away. Um, you know, unfortunately, it la- that sort of lasted the whole ninety minutes. Um, I guess Svensson came back during that game, but we did ha- didn't have him at the beginning. Um, but yeah, certainly a frustrating game. The Sounders sort of failed to break through, and then yeah, did sort of let that let that one goal through. And that on a luckier goal. on a luckier day. Goal. Yep. Um, and that lets Portland. Um, Get level on points. Of course, we had a we have a we had a game on hand on them, um, uh, but um, definitely not of not liking seeing Portland right below us in the standings. Um, uh, and uh, Portland just being as annoying as annoying as usual. Um, uh, First, it's like the first time in like five games of that matchup where the home team has won. Um, because we've done both away teams have done very well. Um, so annoying to see Giovanni Severese with a smile because that guy has such a punchable face. Um, move moving on, uh, uh, before as we move on to the next game, I, I th- think we can bring up, um, we can talk a little bit about both the wing backs, so uh, and also like the transfers uh, that the Sounders have made. Um, uh, so in in uh, the time uh, since we last podcast, two people have been have came back to the team. One of them is Brad Smith, um, uh, and the other one is Roman Torres. Um, and both players, um, I'm excited about. And definitely, I think. Uh, even though I love to predict Torres scoring, um, I think I'm still probably more excited about um, uh, about Brad Smith. Um, but uh, 
especially with Brad Smith. Um, we and know... has Torres has Torres made it into the eighteen yet, or is he still quarantining? No, he's he's still quarantining, and I believe he won't be available. I think he only got to Seattle last Wednesday, um, and with the Sounders game, um, the next game against RSL, uh, which uh, will be in two days, uh, two days from now, um, I think he still has like three days to go with his quarantine um, after that. Um, so he won't be available, uh, I believe. Um, however, he might, he might, he might be on the bench. Um, we'll see. Uh, uh, but but with them coming back, like Brad Smith, um, um, happy to see that he was, like he clearly loved being here, and um, he took the took the pay cut because his salary was very high. Um, uh, and he wasn't, he really, uh, he, I mean, he's coming here cause he didn't have any other offers. Um, but also cause I the Sounders are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that says a lot about, um, the Sounders are in Garth Lagerway are always saying that, um, um, the best way the, it's really easy to sign players when players want to play for you. And, uh, um, the Sounders have made have signed a lot of players um uh again after they let him go from um if you think about Fernandez and Lamar Nagel um Freeberg um all, all people uh like that because it is a, a great organization and uh I think Smith um it's been before we've been a little um We've never really known how much longer he's going to be here, how long he's going to be um, a sounder. But I think he should be, I'm guessing he'll be here for like at least two years. It seems like um, right now his family is still in England, but he said that his family was coming over this time and they hadn't came over when he's been here previously. So I don't know how permanently he's going to live in Seattle, but it seems like um, that's part of his, uh, that's on, that's on his radar. Anyway, um, you know, good for the Sounders to have some more attacking options, uh, especially since we still don't know what's happening with Rui Diaz as far as traveling to Peru. Uh, you know, Torres that. will, Torres will make an excellent backup to Bruin um, if we need another big striker. And it's the same thing um, with Ariaga since uh, he got called up to the Ecuador, uh, the Ecuadorian national team. Um, we don't know if he'll be going, but if he goes, then we have another person who can play center back. Right, that's um, true. I guess Torres can play center back as well as forward if we need him. Recently in games, um, New Who has been looking really good. It it has just felt like New Who's going to score. Um, there's sometimes where we're like, take it. We've been saying just take a shot or pass it to him because he's right there. Yeah, it will it's come. Coming. It will come. It's coming. Um, looking at the other side. Recently, I have been a huge critic of um, of Kelvin Neerdam. Uh, uh, if he just he's been looking really slow, and I've been really harsh on Alex Rodon in the past. But these past three, four games, when he's been starting or coming off the bends, I've thought he's looked really good. He's looked like he had a lot of energy and. Um, He's getting to the point where uh, I think 
um, his production recently has been um, just as good as Nerdom's. Because um, Nerdom recently has just not looked like he's running back on defense at all. Um, so I would like Nerdom to spend more time getting back on defense after he goes forward um, or then uh, giving Alex Rodon more playing time. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, Leardom does a lot of good things. So, you know, it's good if he feels the pressure from Roldan coming behind him. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, I think for now, I understand why Leardom is starting. Um, definitely you know, has I, the experience. Definitely has the experience, has the defensive, you know, the defensive calmness back there. Um, yeah, anyway, good to have both of them. We'll see how it goes. But in general, if we look at just um, the roster, the current roster, um, our lineup has been pretty um, steady, um, which is good. It's good to keep that consistency, even with a packed schedule um, that we're we're getting into right now, since the games are going to be coming right and left um, moving forward. Um, our bench is looking good. We have a lot of depth, um, and our and Hopefully, knock on wood, everyone is staying healthy. Um, I wouldn't say that our – I would say that our roster has not looked um, this strong since our 2014 team, um, which won the Supporters' Shield. And, of course, we still have some work to do to actually be in first place in the Supporters' Shield race this year, but – with the teams that we're going to face, we have a pretty, a relatively easy schedule. And like, we're going to get to play San Jose two more times. So that's at least 20 goals. Um, so you never know what will happen with San Jose, you know, yeah. obviously in the, in Orlando, that didn't go so well for us. So it's, it, it's true. And, and they did, and they, they have been winning Recently, they just both. They, I mean, we said they beat LAFC, but then they also beat the Galaxy. Both of those teams are trash, though, so that doesn't mean much. Um, but um, that 2014, I think, well, I always say that was our best. Te- that was our best year. We had so much depth with Cooper and Barrett, um, and this year it's looking um, pretty uh, a lot similar. Hopefully, it will have a better outcome than that year, which ended in the Western Conference final at home. Moving on to the game against LA, um, to the game against the Galaxy, Christian Rodon had an amazing game. He scored two goals. Jordan Morris scored one goal. Jordan Morris also had one assist. Um, What did you think of this game? Um, LA Galaxy's defense looking very slow, just allowing Morris to get in behind. That's what happened on on Rodon's first goal. Right, and it's one thing when Morris runs right by you, um, but when Christian Roldan sort of looks like Morris running back through your back line, that's maybe a little bit of a sign that your back line is slow and not that Alex Roldan has has just been watching Morris and running like him. Christian, first off, you you just called Christian Roldan Alex Roldan. Oh, Um, pardon me? uh, (laughs) If Alex Roldan runs right by your back line, then you've got really big problems. Um, But... But also, sometimes we forget that Chris Rodon is fast. He's not Morris fast, but he is fast. He is fast, um, and he's got, and yeah, right. Especially I mean, but, when you but compare again, him he, to, like, Miguel Ibarra, who's been getting time with there. Chris Rodon 
Right. He's got the stamina and you know, the, the fact that the fact that he's still running in minute 80 of the game, you know, will mean that he gets to a lot of balls, but he's usually not somebody who can literally just, you know, outrun outrun the whole defense to something. And he did in this game, which again, you know, was it his great sense of timing or was it LA Galaxy's just uh lack of competence? Um I don't know. Uh so both the goals. So both of the first goals were were getting in behind um, good good finishes, um, uh, and then the last one was a chip from Odon. Um, funny thing, so Christian Odon scores two goals, but then in the team of the week, um, you, uh, MOS made the same mistake too. They used Alex Rodon's picture in the team of the week thing, um, uh, which is. Which is very funny, and um, another time where like it feels like MOS just always disrespects our team. Uh, no, even great friends of the Sounders have been known to confuse the two of them. Clearly, yep. Um, and and uh, the LA Galaxy did score in this game. Um, uh, Legit scored a header. So sad that Sounders couldn't keep a shutout again. Um, At least it wasn't a uh, late penalty call, you know, breaking yes. the... <laughs> yes. So now we've reached it. We've reached the game against Vancouver. Um, uh, Sounders uh, struggling to break through them in the first half, though they did have chances. 45... Right, that first half looked a lot like the Portland game, you know, yeah. with the Sounders getting getting looks in front of goal, putting a lot of things into the side netting, missing the post, uh, a foot on the wrong side. Portland and Vancouver, of course, right now they're sharing the same stadium um, because of guidelines. All the Canadian teams are playing at other team stadiums um, or stadiums in um, the U.S. But um, while they're sharing that, I feel like they didn't always share um, tactics. Like they did have different approaches to games. Like Portland usually has been a little more possession while Vancouver – They've always been about like speed and hitting you on the counter. But both games here, they were just both both games that we saw in this like in phase two, um, uh, of of this restart, um, were like park the bus, um, which which was definitely annoying. But forty five seconds into the second half, Jao Paolo scores a great goal. Thoughts. Yeah, you know, he had a he had an interesting uh, volley earlier. Um, you know, this time he took a touch, settled the ball, and you know, at a time when it wouldn't have occurred to a lot of people to shot to shoot because there were a lot of people in the way. Uh, he just put a great strike on it. Brian Meredith had you know saw it late with the, with the people in his in his line of vision, um, tried for it, but just too much power on it went right by him into the corner. As we move. Uh, move into uh, the other goals which came flying in um, right after that one um, first was an own goal um, Christian Rodon um, passes it in and uh, Vancouver defender just caught facing backwards um, right. Ron, Ron Diaz would have scored is also there yeah. um, he, he's trying he follows it up if there was any defender who was going to try and stop that which is good um, and um then um, Raul Roy Diaz would get his goal. Um, header 
from right outside the box, a goal that I, that uh, I think even you could score. Um, first, first Morris hits it. The, it's a corner kick. Ladero um, gets it to Morris who, and it comes off Morris's back and then it, uh, gets headed in by Raul Rodriguez. It's like right. any, and I understand in my in, game. Yeah, I understand when I'm playing why people don't cover me, and so sometimes I'm left by myself in front of the goal. I don't really understand how nobody on Vancouver covered Rodriguez. You know, there were people standing. His defender was standing eight feet behind him. Like, how do you leave Raul standing six feet in front of the goal on a corner kick? Yeah, yeah. We know he's in great form. Um, Right now, he's very, very underrated um, in this league, um, which is absolutely remarkable. Like, um, saw this article recently about how Chicharito is um, a better signing um, than Zlatan Ibrahimovic um, or David Beckham, which is just absolutely insane um, when you think about how much he. Um, uh, has not done in the league at all, um, and uh, yeah, I, I can't finish that since when you think of other um, goal scorers. I mean, it was only comparing him to like Martinez and Vea, um, but like why isn't Raul Rodriguez in that that um, category? Sure, he doesn't. He hasn't scored twenty goals in the season. I'm actually not sure what he's at, but it, sure he's not in the he's not like really in the Golden Boot race this year, um, and he hasn't been in the past. But he's still a threat in every game that everyone has to pay attention to. Anyway, moving on to Vancouver's um, penalty, and we'll go over this fast because I, I I know uh, that you uh, can't stay very much longer. Um, uh, um, but I, I know you have thoughts on this penalty call. Uh, Tim Ford was the referee again. See, we go back to him. Uh, and uh, he calls a penalty from, from I would say, a good distance. Um, and uh, you know, there's clearly contact. I can I can see why I can see why on the on live you might you might have made the call he did, and on the replay there's the barest bit of evidence that might justify what he did. That after the initial collision, you know, leaving aside the question of who initiated that collision, there might just be a touching of feet between um, the two players that happens in the box. But to get to the justification, to get to the decision he made, you have to say, first of all, you're not treating the collision as any part of a foul on anybody, but you're only looking at the minor possible trip, you know, with the attacker pretty much already on his way down and hardly any evidence of substantial contact there. Um, anyway, I mean, I, you know, the question of why he made the initial call, why he modified it in the way he did, um, you know, the stated reason was that Yamar was trying for the ball, I guess, during the original collision, not necessarily during the foul they called. Um, anyway, it's, see, I'll be interested to see if Pro um, comes up with anything later on this because the whole thing was just... Uh, this was up there as one of the worst calls that I've ever... that I've 
worst penalty calls I've ever seen. And um, in a second, I'm gonna con- um, I'm gonna um, compare it to another one that happened to Vancouver. Um, but uh, in my in my opinion, it's clearly first the contact is outside of the box. Um, is the only foul is outside the box, and the foul is committed by um, the Vancouver forward Cavallini um, uh, on Yamar, and then he dives into the box while he is in the process of diving. His foot does make contact with Yamar. But he has, but you can tell he, but he's already falling down before then. So I don't think you, so while there is a contact, it happens, uh, it happens before um, that. And Yamar is not looking in the direction. It's completely fair play on Yamar. So in my opinion, the correct call is no penalty. It's a free kick just outside the box. And then you give a yellow card to Cavallini for diving. This play well, it took way too long to review. Um, uh, and I think that was because the VAR was telling him not only that you gave a red card that was wrong, but also the penalty was wrong. And it is, t- as a referee, if I was Tim Ford right there, it is tough um, because it's a, the call is so bad and it feels so bad to reverse all of that. Um, so the fact that he only reversed half of it, um, yeah, I mean, it's still bad. But like, as a referee, like I see why he did it that way. Um, which now I have to ask you: um, Is this call worse, um, or? Is this call worse? Is it which calls worse? Um, this call or the call um, which was which Mark Geiger called a penalty um, when Chad Marshall tackled Blas Perez? Um, do you remember? I, I you remember this game? We we lost two one. We lost that game two one. Um, in I think in some ways the question is, you know. What effect does the game state have on that question? You know, obviously, um, in this case, you know, the good one was that one had a bigger impact on the game, right? So, you know, the good news about this was that's probably the worst call. The game was the game was pretty out of reach. Um, now does that excuse you know, this isn't a this isn't a U12 game where you feel bad for the losing side and you give them the you know, the pity penalty? Um, that should not be happening at the professional level. Um, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna disagree with you also on like from um in, in at first glance this is um you y- you might think that he made the right call um I think it's pretty clear um I think it's very clear I thought the first time I saw it it was outside the box um, right so that uh, I guess so that's that, an so, interesting so question that, so 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 because of that. That makes me say, especially that when Freddie Montero stands up, goes up to take this penalty, um, after the thing just ensued, he should have just passed it to Fry. 
It Let does happen a, sometimes. It does happen you, sometimes. And now, of course, Let me ask Freddie you Montero, a referee Freddie rules Mon- question. No, Freddie Montero does want to score against us. And he's done that before. I think he's already scored against us twice as he's been at the Whitecaps. But we see it in other games. Games, And as a sign of respect, uh, Mark Dos Santos should have told him to pass to Fry. Now, Actually, Fry if you look, should have not if you look dove. At, Fry should not have dove at all. Because so his, if you look at if you if you look at what at how Montero actually tainted. did it, he did the panenka. He did basically pass it right to Fry. Now yes. and yeah, so yeah, Fry had stood I, there. I, yes, I don't. Yeah, that's the other thing. Fry should not have moved. Um, that's sort of like, I mean, it's, it's sort of a protest because it's like this is what you're like. You're taking away my shutout. It's really unfortunate for Fry. So that, that would actually be very funny if this. it turned out that yeah. that Montero was doing the Panenka because he didn't like the penalty call and yeah, was maybe, trying to kick maybe, it to Fry. Yeah. Uh, Montero, if you're listening to this, hit us up. Um, that's right. Let us, sit, let us don't know. Don't tell us up. That's why you did that. Um, can, or can someone just ask him that in, in the next time he gets interviewed by a team? Uh, what were you going to say about asking a ref? Um, so the fact that there was the contact outside of the box, you know, is it true as a defender that as long as as long as you make sure to bump into the forward outside the box, that that is meant to protect you from getting a penalty later? You know, so imagine there's sort of shoulder to shoulder contact. Then you take two more steps, and then the and then the the defender pulls down the forward. You know, does the foul have to be called at the initial point of contact, or? You know, could you say we played on from that initial collision and then the penalty was in the box? Yes, if a foul continues, like if it's a foul with grabbing and it continues out, it starts out of the box but continues in the box, then it is a penalty because the whole foul, foul part of it was in the box. So, okay, so it it doesn't it you it yeah. you it it's not that you have to call it the first time the defender managed yeah. to touch the person. Okay, because because it and and, and sometimes the bigger foul, um, in cases like that, is still the one outside the box. Right. So um, conceivably, it, that could be the in, referee's in this, theory however, here. However, the referee could say the collision was not a foul; it was just two players coming together, and then it's just that Yamar's foot happened. To get Cavallini at the at the point that knocked him down, ignoring the fact he was falling down anyway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How, 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 however, in this case, there was no other con. There was not contact that warranted a penalty in the box. Right, and, because and to the that, extent that to the extent that Yamar's foot hit, Caval- hit Cavallini, probably it was because Cavallini knocked him down in the first place. Um, but it is also true that once you are knocked down, you know, kind of like when Rui Diaz got suspended, once somebody knocks you down, you have to be careful not to be seen as trying to kick them because as everybody knows, it's the retaliation that tends to get the red card. So there is a danger. Once somebody has knocked you down, you must be careful not to flail your feet around and accidentally hit them. It is true. And we, we skipped over that, but Raul Rui Diaz in the, in the game against Portland, um, he he know he's got to do he's got to know better than to do that. I think of him as someone who's who's pretty good at keeping his cool, but I wasn't surprised when he did get a suspension for that. Um, while Yamar's red card did get rescinded in this game, there was another red card that was given uh, after one of Vancouver's players cleated um, Svensson. Hundred percent right call um, uh, on that one. Uh, I think you would agree with that. 
I didn't see it very well, so it wasn't sort of obvious to me, you know, what he was trying to do or what he ended up doing. Um, but it, yeah, it didn't seem like there was a lot of argument. Um, you know, not a lot of complaining either way. So still, I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Still Sounders get three points on this game. Final thought on this game. Um, uh, uh, what did you think of the overlay first time we saw overlay at Century League? Sensory oh yeah, field. incredibly ugly blue. I hate it. You know, I hate it. Uh, the the blue ads, I think, were a big problem. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my main thought about this game was seventy-five minutes of this look of this game looked an awfully lot, awful lot like that Portland game, you know, where we were clearly dominating but unable to score. So, you know, it's great that in that one fifteen-minute period we got three goals. But yeah, but if we weren't you know, winning by by three goals, um, if we weren't winning well by two goals at the end of the game, then it would have been a lot more nervous right. so if you, because if you we cut did out not look very good at the end of that minute, game. If you cut out between minute 45 and minute 60, you know, then what do you have left? You have the Portland game again where the Sounders dominate, but then one stupid play happens. You know, yeah, either yeah. if either if Cavallini goes through clean, if, if Yamar doesn't get back to him, or or the bad penalty is called. So, you know, it looked a lot like it could have been a 1-0 loss. So anyway, I'm glad we scored those goals, but I, I would like to see us taking a higher fraction of those chances. And unfortunately, we're gonna go and we're gonna go play RSL, who we tied when we were when when we were there. Even then, we had two leads. Um, so we have to, um, um, while it's while it's hard to play against uh, um, LAFC, uh, and play the same as LAFC and LA Galaxy uh, for more games. Uh, play against play like uh, we played for those two games uh, against RSL. We're going to have to do uh, play with that mindset in the game um, coming up. Uh, quickly, what is your score prediction uh, for that game against RSL um, coming up? I'll predict three-one. You know where uh, a penalty is called on Stefan Fry um, for looking at their forward funny. Um, and then let's say one penalty scored by Nico, uh, one for Jordan Morris and one for Joe Paulo. Okay. Uh, sounds good. I'm going to say for that game, I'm going to say two zero, um, one for Ladero, one for Morris. Uh, uh, but uh, with that, um, sorry for keeping you a little, uh, uh, keep, uh, keeping you a little longer. Um, great to talk. Um, rest of the schedule has been um, released. As we said, it's all Western Conference teams. Um, the only new team that that we get to see um, now, we will get to see um, Colorado. Um, Hopefully, and uh, besides that, all of our games have been scheduled. Um, uh, so we will have the same. The game that uh, got canceled against LA Galaxy, that has been rescheduled um, as well. Um, so this schedule now goes uh, into the first two weeks of November. Uh, uh, but uh, thanks for uh, chatting today. Thank you. Um, glad to that we could catch up again, and we'll all look forward to the next games. Cool.
Bye. And with that, that wraps up uh, this uh, episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening again. Uh, uh, again, we apologize for any uh, technical difficulties uh, you may have noticed because this was recorded over Zoom and uh, that we weren't able to go into detail on maybe everything you would have liked because it is harder to find time. Uh, as we quickly went over, the next game against RSL is on Wednesday. Uh, the full schedule is out. We will probably be back with a new episode uh starting going over all the games uh, in October. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But until then, for the next game, which will be on this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, remember to keep your scarves up. <laughs>